Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you the tools, the ideas, skills, insight to uh, to have the great life, to find the great life. You know, it's there. It's there for every one of us. And it's just sitting there, just saying, please, take me, take me, take me to the good life. But instead... It sits there, but we don't grab it. We just don't go after the good life because we're afraid. We're afraid. What if it bites me? What if it doesn't turn into the good life and it's just a bad life? We're afraid. That's the topic of today's show. Today we're going to teach you how to not let your fears guide the show. We're going to teach you how to find fearlessness, how to kind of deal with it, manage it. And what are you going to replace your fear with? You'd have to replace it with confidence. Who's got more confidence than my team? As I look around, totally confident. uh, Did you want to talk about Jess? Jess, you've got that scar on your head now. Oh, dang it. I always hope that people don't see it. Oh, well, it's right there. Just kind of throbbing, saying, hello, do something with me. (laughs) I know. It's so big. It's from one side of my head to the other. Uh, and I I wasn't going to mention it, but it was right there. Oh, you weren't going to mention it, but then you did. Then I did. Uh, you want to explain what happened? And I happened? was on the news yesterday, so... Oh, were you really? Because it looks... Not, you know what it looks yeah. like? It looks like uh, a curling iron kind of got away oh, from you. Well, I, I like to think of it as like Harry Potter scar. No, it's a curling <laughs> iron. It's a curling iron. So a lord of darkness and evil tried to attack you with magic? Yeah. Yeah, lived through it. Yeah. That's way better than my curling iron story. Instead of Hogwarts <laughs> school, it's Hogwarts school for hair. Right. And I... Didn't last. They, did. So they apparently, quit. are you okay? I mean, yeah. is there anything we need to do? It, no, I'm. This happens all the time. <laughs> oh, it does. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah, I have one on the side of my face wow. from last week. So I don't know. Oh, They're that's a bigger. Di- though, that's so. a different. That's one? That's a different. I thought that was a one really thought, bad one. Yeah, I thought that was the same. No, this one. is one, but I have one on this side of my oh. face. Yeah. So she's, I'm not by the way, even. She's wow. pointing to the right cheek. Yeah, the right cheek, cheek. bone. My forehead is now scarred. Huh. This is all one curling iron. Yeah, that's have, it's the same one. Have you ever just it's thought hard. of? I, I am that, never going to curl like my hard. hair. Well, no. yeah, good, good, Mike. <laughs> um, have you ever thought of just going straight hair, just going with it straight? You can't just do nothing. Yours goes like yeah, way good, wavy. Mine goes like Crazy. scary, what scary, is, like fear. Back on the topic, well, not you know on what? my scar. <laughs> but your your forehead. Every time you turn that curling iron on, your forehead's like no, <laughs> no. Please, no. My whole face. Somebody wake Jess up before she starts using that curling <laughs> it's iron. It's true. That's probably the If you problem. were awake, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Nothing, not a big deal. It looks great. Thanks. Seriously. You're good at lying. No, I'm not. But just, can you just put the, <laughs> can you just put the bandage back on? I'm not going to put a bandaid on my head. Some people don't notice. People are nice and lie to me and say, oh, I didn't notice unless you pointed it out. See, but they, well, let's go back to fear. See, they're afraid of hurting your feelings. So they, but they're really like, holy cow, that thing's like third degree burn. Yeah, but now they all realize, oh, Matt did it on the show. What, yeah. what could be worse? So. I, I didn't <laughs> notice it until right then. Really, yeah. we're in a dark room. Okay, good point. <laughs> okay, it, what it was is I could smell the flesh burning. Ew. Okay, now you're getting curling out of iron control. burn. <laughs> anyway, it's it's because I had sisters, so I I know what a curling oh, iron burns okay. a mile away. I got them on my neck a few times, oh, and people what we're make fun them? of me. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Yep. Whatever. Um, so today's show is all about fear. Do any of you have fears? I mean, like something you're really afraid of. James, what are you really afraid I'm of? I'm really afraid of pressing the wrong wrong button when I'm back here. You I really should am. be. Because I'll go off. 
No, seriously. Cause, you, are you afraid of that? No, yeah, because if I do, then I know Don's going to come in the room and yeah. he's going to be like, so uh, yeah. what but, happened? And I'm going to be like, What Sorry. happened, loser? Yeah, no, it's crazy because any one f- fell, you know. Yeah, one bad finger w- yep. pluck and you're done. And then I'm playing music in the middle of it and everyone's just confused. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Yeah, that, you know, that used to be our show every day before you got here. I bet. You're That's amazing. Crazy. You really do a great job. So Thank fear you. might be motivating you. Because yeah. fear can motivate you. You wonder why I'm doing such a great uh-huh. job? It's because I'm scared out yeah. of my mind yeah. constantly. I'm sorry. I hope that's not me that makes you feel that way. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> because um, I've never pulled a curling iron on you. <laughs> and I'm internally grateful for that. But you know what? The day is young. <laughs> There's always a first. I have plenty in my backpack if you want to. Go get your one. curling iron. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> always loaded. Get your curling iron. It's Mike, the day of judgment. Uh, Mike Pond, do you have any fears? You know, I was trying to think about that, and nothing readily came to mind, but uh, I am afraid of anything that has to do with the heart. A while back before oh. the radio yeah. gig that we're doing now, um, I thought I might want to go to medical school. Ah. And so I, I watched some surgeries. I watched a surgery on the knee, and the the I, I watched a Achilles you, tendon like get on reattached. YouTube, you watched them on no, YouTube? No, no, no. This I, I have a friend yeah. who, uh, in high places. He let me come watch, okay. and uh, I thought those were so cool. Yeah. And then I watched an open heart surgery. They sawed open the sternum, yeah. pulled it back. You know, the heart's just beating, yeah. and then they dumped a bucket of ice, and then I just passed out. I just was gone. Whoa! Are you was yeah. that? Are you sure that that wasn't at Seven Eleven? No, no, I'm I'm making positive. a big gulp. <laughs> no, but I I'm afraid of anything to do with the, with the heart, heart or heart attacks. Uh, or... Love, yeah, heartbreak. Love, yeah, dating. It's it's hard. Yeah, you still dating? I mean, we you get oh, yeah. 220 oh, yeah. girls to go date, and have we gone out on a date yet? Yeah, we've gone on several dates with with one of these 220 girls. Oh, about that? No, you're afraid, aren't you? Well, no. Fear, fear can be a good thing. We look at it as a negative thing, but fear keeps us from dying a lot of the times. The fear sure. of heights, being hit yeah. by cars, curling irons, it's great. Don't you think sometimes fear actually kills you? Yeah, you can die of fear. Like when, my, when I'm driving and a truck is merging onto the freeway, uh, my wife freaks out as if we're about to die. And we've never died. But we almost die every time she freaks out because I then freak out and then someone you know, gets ugly. So fear could kill you. Fear gets you to do crazy things. Well, and it also keeps you from doing crazy things, too. It's a good balance. It's probably what it was invented for, right? Somebody invented fear. Somebody down, you know, years ago, somebody said, hey, let's put this fear thing in there. Pretty sure it was Batman. Yeah. That's, that's coming from a non-doctor, though, so. Well, yeah, you're not a PhD, so you probably wouldn't know. But it's pretty sure it's not Batman. Dang it. It might be just, you know. You're, you've evolved to not die, as Mike said. But Mike has also evolved to never date. That That is not true, Matt. That's so Give true. me some credit. Well, you date. I know, but you just don't date. The... I date a lot. It's just been these girls, are, we'll talk about this later, but okay. they're not calling me back. Oh, maybe they're afraid. It could be. I, being on the radio, it's it's tough stuff. Well, I, think, yeah. I don't blame I them. think it's the de- javelins. I think, I think they're afraid exactly. of getting hit by a javelin. That was one time. Yeah, but one serious time. It only two people. It's it's you know fine what? now. One inch from the heart. You the were person is the a, is alive. We're good. They just started walking. Yeah, nothing. Uh, <laughs> They're nothing almost to worry back. About. So we're gonna hear about your dating later, right? Yeah. Fear, uh, Merritt. Do you have any fears? Um, I've been trying to think about this too while we've been. I know you have here. fears. I do have fears. Um, 
I think probably my biggest fear currently is to graduate school and mm. then to enter the world and be homeless. Jess has that fear of being homeless. Not being home, like just just I'll never get the job or I won't get the job I want. Yes, I'll have to, you know. Fear of not getting you what know, you've spent I'll your whole be, life, to you know, get. doomed to be some manager at a company I don't enjoy, and then well, Target. Yeah, but that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, it's a way to earn money, and I don't look down on people who do no. that. But that's not what. But I that's not what you wanted. You built went to my school. life up to be. Yeah. So. so, so when you're so you're afraid of this, so then all of a sudden you keep thinking like, I mean, it could happen, and then I'd be homeless. Yeah. But you, why don't you just go live with Jess? Yeah, because Jess might is be worried homeless about too. the same thing. <laughs> and then if you do live with Jess, why don't you, you know, make sure she doesn't burn her forehead? I could probably do that. Just like Jess, so, pay attention. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, too close. <laughs> <laughs> I smell something, Jess. If it's starting to smoke, that means oh, it's been oh, too long. Oh, there goes the smoke detector, Jess. <laughs> Here, sweetie, let me take that off your head. Off. <laughs> it's sad, but totally that true. That got ugly fast, and I was a little bit offended. Did you notice offended. how we all jumped on? <laughs> I think we just it's said I died. Like, she's dead, she's dead. Get her, get her. Everybody jumped <laughs> Smoking. on. Smoking. The house is on fire. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. So are you really afraid, Jess? Because you're the closest to being done. I know. It's scary. Bryce was scared when he, I mean, he was like, this is a big deal. What if this doesn't pan out? What mm-hmm. if I have to get a regular job? Go to a call center, uh-huh. something that undergrads are doing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is it's like that's on my mind constantly. Is it? Luckily, there's things you can do to eat. You know, like as long as I'm working on getting something, I'm not it. It subsides it the fear for a right. while. You it know, does, if I move forward, something. I'm not as afraid. Like See, today, I, I was making progress. Were on, you? No, yeah. you've got some great ideas moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you could go work for GE in their curling iron division. Right. As a tester. Oh, thank you. But then I don't know how much more my face can handle. No, it'll heal. It'll heal. Just give it a couple. I'll weeks. come back every three weeks. It actually, to this. you look fantastic. It's just, it just looks like a, it's just a line. It's a shadow, actually. Yeah. We, it's not even a burn. Mm-hmm. Let's it's almost pretend. like just a mere flesh wound. It's just like a bullet grazed your forehead. <laughs> That's a cool story. You should say that to everyone. It's a mere flesh. I just dodged a bullet. Oh, so it's better than a Harry Potter. Yeah, thing. don't do Harry Potter. That, that doesn't work. Not That's a little okay. bit of a stretch. Bullet. Yeah. Yeah. I, bullets are, you know, tough. Yeah. Everyone's afraid of a bullet. Cool. Right? Sweet. So um, on the show today, fear, it's everywhere. We've all got it. So out there in listener land, do you have something you're afraid of? So do you think of something? Is there, is there just, okay, snakes does kind of get everybody. Uh, what else? Um, public performances. Having to sing a solo in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of, that would be freaky. That'd be hard. Merit Merit's been researching fear. I have. Why? Um, because it was the topic of the show today. Oh, okay. But you know, uh, yeah, there's some interesting things out here on fear, and there are a lot of things I didn't ever really consider. Did like, it make you um, more fearful the more you researched fear? No, not really. Good. Um, I think the more you know about it, the more you know that uh, you're kind of in control of your reaction. Yep. And so, um. Like a great example is I was reading this really interesting blog post about a woman who has a severe fear of needles. And she had this fear of needles ever since she was tiny. Really? a little girl. Yeah. And it got to the point that she would make her – she would wind herself up so much that right after she'd you know, go to the doctor, yeah. she'd faint. Because, oh, you know, she managed to get through yeah. it, but then, you know, she yeah. faint and it was just too much for her to handle on a daily basis. Oh, and obviously, sad. I mean, you have to have blood tests every once right. in a while. Everyone needs a IVs needle every once in a while. while. Yeah. Sure. So, um, but she just kind of grew to accept that this was a part of her life that maybe she wouldn't ever really 
get over like a normal, like a, not a normal person, but like a, somebody who's completely rational in that area. And so I was just, you know, reading, she has to go and, um, usually she makes the nurses talk all the way through it with her. Like, okay, what this I'm is gonna exactly do what's is going I'm gonna to happen. Stab she, you with this sharp um, device. Requests sometimes that they use smaller needles uh-huh. or that, um, and you know, and people will make sure that she can't see what they're doing. And it's just like little things that she does to make sure that she gets through. She makes yeah. sure somebody goes with her just in case. It's, it's, she has all, something to look forward to after. It's yeah, just all this gonna, little. It's all in her control. Things. Yeah. And she just knows that this is kind of my neurological reaction to yeah. the situation. And this is what I have to do. These are the steps cool. I have to take again. So she's so. just cognitively working it through her yeah. mind that, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but fear can really mess up our perceptions of things. Oh, so yeah. it's, that's when it's. I was impressed totally. that she was able to say so cognitively sound have you ever have you ever had a a mouse attack you that was about the size of a goat (laughs) no those goat-sized mice they're horrible yeah but they really aren't goat-sized no they just seem like that you know this is actually confirmed in a study uh some people across the pond over in england were doing a study about people's fear of spiders and they in fact it was really funny i just found it as to how they've got subjects for this research they uh Posted flyers seeking individuals who are very afraid of spiders but who are willing to be paid a small amount to participate in a research project Mm. to do things like approach a live spider in an uncovered glass tank, coming right up to the tank and using an 8-inch stick to guide the spider across the path, using a a 5.5-inch stick to guide the spider across the path. How much were they getting paid? I don't know, but I'm like, that's... Does that scare you? That doesn't sound pleasant. I don't know if it scares me. Wouldn't you me. dare, like, do it? These are tarantulas, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, but you just use your finger. Just push it along. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. Um, anyway, uh, and they had to do this for a few weeks, but they... Um, for a session, like, once every week for, like, three weeks or yeah. something like that. But uh, one of their findings was that... People who have a fear of spiders, when they were asked to estimate the size of a spider, guessed like inches beyond what it normally was. <laughs> it's like, like they, an inch yeah. wide, and so people who inches. you know who are normal, rational, yeah. great people who probably know what an inch looks yeah. like. Once it comes to spiders, no, that all goes they lose tosses it. out the window. Yeah, yeah. so it's just like it distorts your perception so much, and your isn't you know, that, that so yeah, that's survival makes, too because you know just the little ones can kill you too. Oh, it's true. So your 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 body's like make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny. And so it's just yeah, when you're afraid of something, oh, I wonder exaggerates it in your mind. Maybe that's what happens with ladies when they think their hips are bigger than they are. I wouldn't be surprised. They have a I fear mean, and of being really heavy, so they they make it always seems bigger to them. Mm-hmm. It's exaggerated. No, that is actually clinically proven, and you can um, watch. I've watched some documentaries on eating disorders and things like that. But they'll have the girls go and they'll record their height and then draw their body according to how they perceive it. Oh, and, yeah, and then the therapist will go and have them stand against the wall and draw their body how it is, and it's just amazing to see Night how. Day. You know, twisted yeah. their perception yeah. of their body is. They have no actual comprehension. Fear so. is a distorter. It is. It is a complete distorter. And, you know, it's not really something you can get rid of, but no. you can. There are lots of tools that you can deal well, with. Well, and it. to understand what it is. Like, mm-hmm. we've had people come in here for the radio show and they're terrified. Yeah. And they don't even know. Like, we don't even care. Yeah, exactly. But we don't, you know. We don't care because you they know. tell us no one's listening. <laughs> well, it's funny, though. Like, I remember the first day I came on air, I was terrified. I remember that. I, like, woke you up. You passed out. Do you remember? 
You know, I don't actually. Don't you remember that? Yeah. I must have blacked out for too long. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> That's when we drew on your face. Great. Don't you remember? Yeah, sure. Good times. No. Uh, Frat parties. Yeah, but I was, yeah, but that quickly, I don't know. See, and now look at you. Now you're like Now I can't shut up. You're the head researcher. You're the executive producer. Hey, are you afraid that about what I'm going to say in your letter of recommendation? Because um, I'm writing a letter slightly, of recommendation. but I also know that. Uh, uh, you know what? Let me just tell us. Let me just. I'd be afraid. <laughs> I'd be, be very afraid. afraid. Not because you need to be, but because I have no idea what I'm writing. Okay. But it'll all be good. Good. Even if it's not true. Uh, okay. It's a good thing that you're giving the letters to me so I can submit them. Oh, okay. Would you edit it? <laughs> I'm going to write it and then I want you to clean it up. Okay. That probably sure. wouldn't be appropriate, but I'll do probably it. Probably not. Okay. Well, today, fear. We got it. Uh, some of us are afraid. Some of us are just afraid, you know, of going to work. Some are afraid of messing up on the board. You know? Some of us need to have more fears. Like, I need to be more afraid. I'm afraid of failure. That's what I'm afraid of. We're talking about it today. Fear and finding the path to fearlessness. Kim Giles is going to be joining us later and, and telling us about her new book. She has a brand new book. It's going to help us overcome fear. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're talking about fear today. I just, uh, during the break there, experienced some fear uh, because Jessica Black Littlefield is joining us. Uh, We also call her um, the Iron Woman, (laughs) the Curling Iron Woman. And um, I I always have to ask what your last name is. Yeah. Because I keep thinking like Little Littleton. Little foot. town of Bethlehem. <laughs> I went to I went Things to church like and they called me Little Foot. Little Foot, but no, it's Little Field. Field. Yeah, you get a good picture in your head. Yeah, I, let me just Little visualize Field. it. I'll visualize it. But you are you're going to teach us about right. fear and some of our reactions to fear. Yeah, let me explain more. Yes, because I think that um, it's important when it comes to fear. It's important to identify what you really are afraid of. Yeah. So um, when you, people are afraid of the dark, they're not really afraid of the dark. They're afraid of what's in the dark, hmm, right? I guess. It's true because it's not – they're afraid of the what's in okay. it, you know? There's James more than that. James is not really afraid of making a mistake. He's afraid of dying because <laughs> he makes a mistake Please on explain. the show. <laughs> oh, because you would kill him. I wouldn't. Apparently I, Don would. Oh, you're right. Don would. Just so kidding. I, Don's probably listening. James is all afraid now. <laughs> now, now we're James all is afraid. afraid. <laughs> Just like, just lock the door in case like, Wait a second. I thought my job was on the line. <laughs> now it's my life? What? So um, that's cool. That's here's actually another important. One. Yeah. People say, oh, I'm afraid of heights. But they're really afraid of falling. I think they're really afraid of the last foot. If you fall 20 <laughs> feet, it's the last foot the last that's the foot. dangerous one. They're afraid of falling and getting yeah. hurt. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, rejection, Mike... Mike's afraid of rejection. Yeah. But what's he really afraid of? He's afraid of someone not accepting him, um, and, who and, he is, and he has yeah. to... And being shunned. That, that... And then having to hurt Not reciprocation someone. of okay, those yeah, feelings. That's good. Being shut out. 
Um, why, why does this matter? Because so maybe we this is it feels part of the, good to really understand it. Well, then, then it's not as big of a deal. Like you could gather data and say, am I really not liked? Am I really such a horrible person? But Mike would say, no, he's ruggedly good looking. Yeah, you can yeah. reason with yourself a mm-hmm. little bit. It's important so that you can be like, okay, this is why I'm feeling these feelings, and this is. Are people then really afraid of a spider? See, I, no, I don't think that it's the spider that scares them. I think it's yeah, it's having some animals sucking on your neck and implanting their eggs into your. You We've know. heard stories. I know <laughs> that was a very descriptive I know. story. Thank you. <laughs> but see, so there's something deeper. You're saying there's something yeah. deeper. So we have to ask ourselves. It's not like the fear of public speaking. It's something deeper. It's that the people won't accept what you're saying, or and they'll, they'll be, judge yeah, be you, and that you won't. You know, they they won't accept you. A lot of these I'm noticing are focused around hurt. Yeah. It's fear is like we've mentioned before. It's a protection against things. And so that's Kim. Kim Giles is that's her whole premise. So then we don't do anything because of some concept of being hurt. Yeah. Or unacceptable or unaccepted, you know, not brought into the fold. Mm -hmm. And And you said failure and failure. And then, then we then we end up. Not doing things, which then, you know, stops us. Well, and I'm in sociology right now, and we talk about um, social control and the social norms that are set up around us. So who are really setting these um, bases for fear? It's kind of the social context that we have. Well, don't you think it it is? And it's the social context you have. But it's also you learned the social context when you were three. Right. So a public speaking event should be scary for you in front of 500 people if you're three. Unless you're Shirley Temple, who did that when she was three. And it was like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Yeah, but that was Hollywood. So she was probably drugged up or something. (laughs) I mean that in the best way possible. Oh, surely how hard that is. But she was also is maybe not. It was on a set. So, but see that changes the context of it. But if you have these experiences when you're young, Mm -hmm. like where a spider would be really scary is when you're young and your mom is freaking out. Yeah, your mom. Yep. And then all of a sudden you get this idea that they're dangerous. But when you're an adult and you're big and you could just step on it. Or kick it across the room. Well, and think about it. When when you see a spider and you're alone, it's it seems like, uh, you yeah. know. And then when somebody else is in the room, someone who is also afraid, it's like even more scary. Oh, yeah. And you're both freaking out, hugging <laughs> each other in the corner. See, then it's contagious. See, that's yeah. Contagious fear. That's cool. And then if you're with someone who has it under control, who will just step on it, you're like, oh. My hero. Okay, good. You know what's Take fun? Take care of it, you know, like, and you're relaxed. We always think that guys aren't afraid of spiders, and, like, <laughs> the wife will say, come get the spider, and he'll, like, act all tough. Yeah. But when you're when he's alone in the room, he's he's totally freaking out. He is? He's like, nah. Oh. He's, he does not, well, not all of them, but there's some that still have to play tough. I think when we're alone, we're a lot more irrational about oh, yeah. our fears. Yeah. Everything's worse when we're alone. Yeah. And then when you have someone there... Depending on how they are, the social context yeah. is big in that yeah. also. Because what if and what if you get judged because of your fear, and your fear is irrational, and then your husband is like, "Oh come on, you're a baby. You're such a baby. Get a backbone." We barely yeah. missed it. We almost we didn't hit it. We just missed it by an inch. Oh my gosh, we didn't almost hit. That's it. That's actually what I was inch. thinking when you were telling about driving. I yeah. was like, I noted not going to drive in the car with Matt because I'm sure his wife is very she's she's <laughs> smart and she's he's smart probably woman. getting really close well but that's part of the fun <laughs> if you can miss something by an inch that's better than missing it by a foot I don't know 
know. That's arguable, but we won't I get guess. into that. We could talk about that all day. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's actually some good insight. So we should dig deeper and figure out what really is what we're really afraid of, and it's usually not what initially presents. Yeah, and it's not it's not all the same for everybody. Mm-mm. So you should personally think about it, and then you can help yourself work you know, yeah. through it. Right. People, I'm afraid of mice a little bit. Right. And people are like, why are you afraid of mice? And, you know, I really... You grew up on a farm, basically. I mean, in <laughs> a farm town. not a farm. <laughs> well, I mean... It smells like manure, but not oh. all of us live on a farm. <laughs> oh, wow. It's... I'm sorry for the rest of you. <laughs> I know. But you don't... You get used but to But there's it. mice out in those fields, I'm sure. Yeah, there's mice in my... And they come into my house and then I'm freaking out. I literally jumped on top of a car in... The garage because I heard a mouse and my mom came out and she was like, what, what did the mouse doing? say? Hey, what you no, doing? No, he didn't even have to do that. He was just squeaking. And I was like, ah, and I jump on the car and then it's a big ordeal. It's so interesting. But is it the mouse? It's not the mouse because for not. me, a mouse, I, I reached manhood <laughs> because of a mouse because I was the only man in the house. And every morning when it was cold, we'd have mice that came in the house and I'd go on the hunt. And I ended up facing and finding one mouse on the stairs, and it was looking at me like, come on, dude, make my day. See? They're scary. And I was like, oh, boy. But I had a dustpan in my hand, and I walked up, and I was just going to whack it, kind of like Uh whack-a-mole. And I took another step up, and it jumped right at me. Oh, my gosh. They're so scary. By the way, and it had a gun. I couldn't. I'm pretty sure it had a gun. This is a gunfight. I wouldn't get within two feet of a mouse. I would need a gun, yeah. and I would need no, it. Like a, a I had a dustpan, so dust I could. And I just did a forehand and just knocked it into next week. <laughs> By the way, and it, poor thing died, but we were going to kill it anyway. Um, cool thing though, that's when I became a man because I'm protecting my home. Yes. See, so for me, the context was being a man. For you, you thought you were going to get. I guess, abducted by a mouse in your garage. (laughs) I wish I had a good excuse. There's no reason for that one. By the way, neither of us were right. I wasn't a man just because I was nine and killing mice. And you weren't, uh, you weren't, um, there was no need to be afraid just because the, because the mouse never was going to abduct you. It's all good. (laughs) Fears. Good work, Jessica. You did great. Now, stay focused when you're curling your hair. (laughs) Just a little bit of advice from Dr. Matt Townsend. Thanks. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Kim Giles is here. She is the guru of all gurus, and she's going to help us lose the fear, find the path of fearlessness, and learn how to become a change in our lives and not let our worst, our weakest self, our fearful self, drive us uh, where we don't want to go. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Have we got a show for you? Now, normally, Kimberly Giles is what we call a contributor to the program. She's normally, we, we bring her in, you know, we give her 20 minutes, try to keep her in control. Not today. Today, she's the whole show. I can get out of control. You are out of control. 
Uh, Kim Giles is here. Now, you all, you know her. She's from Clarity Point Life Coaching. If you go to her website, claritypointcoaching.com, you can see she... What is so neat about her is she's so abundant. She gives a ton of stuff away, which is makes you wonder how she eats, but because she gives a lot of stuff away. So on her website, a lot of uh, um, articles. You can get video. You can get downloads. You can listen to. You can listen to a ton of stuff. She's just very abundant, which is powerful. Um, she's a popular life coach and author. She was named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country by Good Morning America in 2010. I have since. Um, amended that to one of the top 20 advice gurus in the galaxy. Yeah. From the I'm Matt Townsend show. I'm excited about that from the Matt Townsend show. <laughs> I got to add that to your bio. I mean, a lot of people don't think that that's a lot of clout, but, um, you know, the Matt Townsend show and galaxy. I mean, yeah, together know. it's big. You got to get there some way. Um, she's appeared on a ton of uh, morning shows, you know, KSL in Salt Lake City, ABC. She's also um, published over 240 articles in in magazines and newspapers. She um, she needs to calm down <laughs> and, and slow down. Slow down. Maybe. You need to get a fear. You're afraid of nothing, but you're the author of the new book, Choosing Clarity, a simple system that makes you feel better about yourself and life. The real book, uh, The Path to Fearlessness, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. Are you afraid of anything? You know, actually, Matt, I'm afraid of a lot of things, what? which is why I know, have learned what you know I have what? about getting past fear, because I've, I've been scared a lot in my life. Well, but like there's times to be scared, right? Because this serves a purpose. Fear is good for something. It's not to just to annoy us, us. Yeah. especially when there's physical danger. Yeah. So you, so you've had that kind of fear. Of Have course. you ever had just the irrational fear that lasted for weeks? <laughs> yeah, Matt, I've been divorced. <laughs> you, you know, so you probably felt the fear of. You're not going to make it. You're not going to be Set strong enough. You're not your good enough. Own with four no one will ever kids. want you again. Oh yeah. But look at you now. Happily married. Things, People want things you. Things have turned out well. You're the bomb. But boy, it was scary for a while. Yeah. Really scary. You with your your coaching clients, do you see a ton of this? Oh yeah. It it really seems like the root of almost every issue. It is. And I have people say Quite often, Coach Kim, she thinks everything Ah, is a fear problem. Yeah. But it really, if you look behind whatever you're going through, whatever relationship issue, if you're angry, you know, behind it is a fear issue. Now, you say there's two core issues of fear. What? Like, it just seems like, well, what are they? Well, as Jessica was saying earlier, yeah. that you have to look behind what you think you're afraid of. Right. If if you really start looking behind everything you're afraid of, they come down to two things. What? You're either afraid of failure, afraid that you might not be good enough. And wrapped up in that one is the fear of what other people think of you. Because oh, yeah. when they judge you that you're going to feel like you're not good enough. Yep. You know, abandonment and rejection, embarrassment, looking bad, all of that is rolled into the fear of failure. Sheesh. And it's huge. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think every person on the planet battles that one on a daily basis well, at some in, level. especially in relationships. I mean, it, directly, because you don't want somebody to not want you. So I'm not going to tell you what I'm really thinking. And so instead I'm going to stuff it. And then eventually that's just going to get, you know, Well, there's going to be a wedge yeah. between us anyway. Yeah. Yeah, your fear will eventually destroy it if. But you then go in work, it. in professions, I mean, I've 
it's like you just finished a book. Now, what's so amazing, you should have this incredible catharsis because now your book's out there. But do you still feel like when I wrote mine, I still felt vulnerable every oh, time yeah. I'd hand it to read my book. <laughs> Actually, do you know how long it took me to be brave enough to publish that? How Six long? years. But you're, see, you're a writer. You 240 I am, articles. And I can write an article and feel confident that it's worthy of publishing. But the book? Yeah. It it's, just, it's your baby. It it's, it's actually more you in a way, isn't it? It really is. You're putting yourself out there yeah. for the critics. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a journey. But what's sad about that, Kim, is that we haven't had the book because of that fear. So you probably there's probably millions of people that wouldn't have gone through so much trauma if you had just gotten over this. Yeah. Am I get is that feel like guilt? Well, except for I really believe that every that you overcome it right when you're yeah. supposed to and it all yeah. works. You it got works it. You out. figured it out. And I had to overcome it to learn what I put in it, the book. So yeah, yeah. that you I can't really teach help something people. you haven't really dug deep enough to learn. See, right? so that's why this is so personal because this even if you don't mention the divorce and if you don't mention your failures, it's in the book. Because oh, yeah. you learn those lessons. <laughs> So the fear of failure is huge. Yeah. And it you think as we grow and mature we it would get better, but it actually gets worse. It does. There's more thing more ways to fail. And it, you, well, it gets bigger. Well, because yeah, and you get more convoluted. And then you actually think the things you've already worried about failing at, you you've never given up those fears of failure. No, you just added new ones. You just to added new them. ones and new like con, you know, just contortions <laughs> to them. Okay, so that is the first core fear okay. is the fear of failure. The Good. second is the fear of loss. And this incorporates everything. Even when you guys were talking about being hurt physically, yeah. you know, by a spider or a mouse or something, we're what we're afraid of is the pain and suffering that takes away from the quality of our life yeah. and it robs us. And so yeah. it's a loss. We're afraid of losing people. We're, we're really afraid of losing money yeah. and opportunities. I mean, most of our fights with our spouse, we're, we're afraid they're spending our money yeah. and we're going to lose out. Right. Every time my kids make a mess in the house and I see it and fly <laughs> off the handle, it's, it's a fear of loss experience because it's going to take my time and energy clean. to clean that mess. Plus they the, have plus robbed the, me. Well, they did rob you and you had already cleaned it. Now you got to yeah. re-clean it. So You're dying. everything that makes you feel taken from and yeah. ripped off by life or people is a fear of loss issue. Now, do you you really think you can get rid of these things? Oh, yeah. Can now, you get rid well, of a fear of it. spiders? Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you about that one. But we can't necessarily, necessarily eliminate fear forever. It's no. not going anywhere. It's, it's part of your life. It's but part of your existence. But I can teach you how to get out of it when it hits. Okay. And so that it doesn't paralyze you and shut you down, shut your brain down like yeah. you were talking about what earlier. What if I want see if it, somehow it may serve me too, right? I mean, the fear may serve me to keep me from writing my next book. How does that serve you? Well, because then I don't write my next book. Oh, so yeah. It, it keeps me from you. writing it. So so I, I may not want to get rid of fear. So sometimes we don't even try to get rid of them, really, because we kind of need them. Well, and they've become our comfort zone, yeah. and we're actually really comfortable there. Mm -hmm. So it's a process to now help you, someone you let go. You did say you've, got, you've helped somebody get rid of a spider fear. Yeah. When I was listening to the tarantula segment before I came on, I was laughing because I do a program on stage called Fear Factor Live. Oh, wow. And did you ever watch the yeah. television show yeah, and they would make show. you yeah. Gave me the do snakes yep. and all that stuff? So 
I tell the audience we're going to give some people a chance to overcome their fear right now today. Who wants to volunteer? Stand up, and I'll have half the audience stand really, up. Really, they want to. And then I tell them if you're allergic to bee stings, you don't want to play today. You need to sit down. And then they're going, what? Okay, <laughs> maybe I don't want to do this. If you have arachnophobia and you're afraid of spiders, you do not want to play. Sit this down. So I end up with like three people. <laughs> And I bring them on stage, and we literally bring out a tarantula, a snake, and a big, ugly scorpion uh, with a big stinger. Yeah. And I explain to them, we're going to let these critters crawl around on you today, on stage today. <laughs> so we make them sign liability waivers first. So by the way, so you tricked them because they there were no bees. You're a tricky— But it's similar a, if you get yeah. bit by a scorpion or a well, spider. Well, I'd rather have a bee— <laughs> anyway, keep going. Okay. Yeah. So what would they be experiencing? They're experiencing terror. terror. Yeah. They are scared to death and they're afraid of being hurt. Right. And so we kind of talk about that for a minute, what they're really afraid of and, and, and what you it's talk about. To them in front of everybody. In front of everybody. That's great. And then I say, okay, so have you thought at all about how this tarantula is going to feel having to deal with you? Yeah. Climbing on you all day. I think he's, have you thought about how he's going to feel about it? And no, they don't really care how the yeah. tarantula is going to feel, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the the thing is, if I put a tarantula in your hands and you're scared to death, do you think he can feel it? Oh, yeah. And what's going to happen? How's he going to respond? He's going to get fearful. He'll pick up your energy. He's going to know he's not safe with you yeah. because your fear he's gonna bite is you. selfish. When you're experiencing fear, it is all about yeah. you. It's self-preservation, isn't it? It is. And that's the problem in our relationships. Yeah. When fear shows up, we become very self-centered in that moment. And it's all about whatever we need to feel safe. We don't care about anybody else. Yeah. So as soon as he feels that, he's not safe with you. His hairs will stand up. Now he's self-preserving. And he's now selfish and doesn't care about you. And the yeah. chances you're going to get bit just went up. Uh-huh. So the only way this is going to go well today is if you can set your fear aside and love this tarantula. Kiss it. And my tarantula's name is Fluffy. Really? And so I explained to them. Do you have them, a real tarantula? Well, I have or a tarantula. Borrow I borrow one okay. that we use. But um, you have got to set your fear aside and yeah. love Fluffy. Love Fluffy. And when I put him in your hands, you've got to, you've got to imagine he's a hamster. And you've got to say, I love you, Fluffy. You are safe with me. Yeah. Give him butterfly I'm kisses. I'm going to take good butterfly care kisses. of you. No worries. And if you can focus your love strong enough, your fear will go away because you cannot do love and fear at the same time. There you go. But what if that tarantula just jumped up and grabbed you by the neck? If you love him enough, you will be safe with Fluffy, him. Fluffy, down, Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but does this work? Because that is well, powerful. I'll tell you, I, I already feel love for Fluffy. I've done this on stage in Florida, and I had this this uh, African American woman who was freaking out. <laughs> she was bawling oh, because sad. she was so scared. But the more we talked about this, she got it. Yeah. That if she truly cares about this creature, yeah, and focuses her energy, she could do it, and it was beautiful. I bet that was this seriously spider powerful. crawled around on her. And she just could fluffy. handle it because love is bigger than fear. I love that. What do you call the tarantula that's kind of a cute name? Sticky? <laughs> I mean, you need a cute name. Anyway, think about that. Yeah, think about um, that. You know, it's just powerful because I was feeling it. You, you can. So 
you just try to turn it into there's something good and positive about everything that scares us. Well, and especially when it's a people oh, it's in a being. situation. It's a, yeah, yeah. So if I'm afraid of being rejected, and and to be honest, Matt, you're a speaker like me. We go out to big yeah. groups. I, I would still... never use tarantulas. I never no, do. Okay. <laughs> we could still get a little nervous before we yeah. go on because that fear of failure will be there. Yeah. I mean, you're taking a yeah. big risk when you stand up in front of people. If you aren't on your game today, they're going to think you're stupid yeah. and you're going to go down in flames. In flames, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so in that moment... Uh, what I do is choose to focus on my love for the people in this audience. This is not about me and proving I'm good enough. Yeah, this about is you. about showing up for them. That's huge. Now, you can do the same thing with your spouse. Instead of being afraid that your spouse doesn't love you and afraid of being rejected. And, um, you know, a lot of the couples we talk to with, that are having issues, yeah. they're both afraid that they're not really loved. Right. So they both pull back and protect. They get more selfish and yeah. defensive. And yeah, they react to each other more. Keep right. and stuff. If we can just make up our that. minds to set fear aside and love. Is that what you call like a personal policy? Is well, that, is that what you, like a, you, you want to have some thought that you use to change the thinking? So one of my personal policies, and I'll explain what the deal is with the policies. Yeah. Throughout your whole life, you're making rules in your subconscious mind without realizing you're doing yeah. it. And a lot of them you made before you were even five years old. And if mom and dad were really afraid of what the neighbors think of them, mm -hmm. then you made this little rule in your head. Oh, so I should be afraid of what other people think. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got that one for the rest of my life. That'll be one of Store my policies. Away, right? Okay. And we have lots of those. A lot of us are told... If you say anything that hurts anyone else's feelings, you're a mean you're person. Bad. Yeah. And so the rest of our life, we let ourselves get walked on because yeah. we don't want to be mean. Mm -hmm. And speak but we're not up even for like ourselves. respecting ourselves. Okay. So, oh, that's great. So we all have them, and we, I guess, through this process, we'll take a break. But through the process, we got to, we've got to eventually we evaluate make some new policies yeah. that are based in trust and love and not fear. Less fear. So we'll talk about cool. it after the break, and Man. I'll tell you how to do it. Kim Giles, the author. Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. Kimberly, you did it. You're done. It's out. You're done. Fearless. <laughs> Good work. We'll be back. More with Kimberly Giles. Overcoming fear, finding the path to fearlessness. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking with our good friend and author, Kimberly Giles. You know, Kim's not just, you know, the head coach extraordinaire um, and author and speaker and mom, but she's also, I think, uh, has a huge heart. And I think you found something where you can cut through most of the junk of life because there's a lot of stuff. We got to make it simple, yeah. or I don't know. It doesn't yeah. work for me. But see, everyone it's thinks be the simple. See, I think our egos then get in the vo involved and like, well, it's not that simple. And then everyone argues how hard it is. It's easy to say that, Kim. You just got to love, not fear. But what they're arguing is they're letting their fear create the argument. Yeah, just keep arguing how fear is so much more powerful than love. But 
everyone just, if you knew you were loved, you'd let go of the fear. Like if you knew you could stand there with somebody that you, re- you really cared about while you had to give the biggest talk of your life, you could do it. You'd feel safer. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And those moments when you get to just love your child or, lo- yeah. you know, just be love, you have no fear whatsoever in those moments you're fine your self-esteem's good you feel good about who you are because we have clients that kim and i share that um i've seen it this very idea change the life of a couple instantly and interestingly it doesn't even always have to be two ways it was one person that really glommed on and got the love idea instead of the fear idea and she's leading it and when she leads it with more love it evacuates i mean it takes away his need to react with fear because he can now so if you are more loving, I can turn off your fear impulse. Well, when one of you stops showing up in fear and just trust and love, it, the other one feels safer mm-hmm. and it just, yeah, it dissipates it. Tell us how this is tied to self-esteem. One of the big issues we always talk about on the show, you know, body image issues, am I good enough? But self-esteem is a fear issue. Mm-hmm. How does that connect? Okay. So I mentioned earlier about the writing some new policies. Yeah. Because the the problem with fear, and you guys mentioned it on the segment before I came on, that it skews the way you see the world. Right. So you don't see, you think spiders are bigger than they are. <laughs> you you yeah. think when your husband makes a comment that it means he doesn't love you, yeah. which it really didn't. Yeah, you think your insecurities are bigger. Yeah. yeah. So you're, and, and you don't see your own value accurately. Right. You don't see who you really are. And you don't see other people accurately. You don't see life accurately. And the bottom line is because fear is behind a lot of these policies that have been driving your thinking your whole life, it's become your autopilot setting. Your your automatic response is just to respond in fear and to feel right. not good enough all the time. So what I found in order to really change those is we need to go back and change some of those very core yep. policies Can you, about you know how them? you see the world. Do we know our policies? I mean, because it seems like we would even hide those. Like, yeah, we're not consciously yeah. aware of them, but as soon as we start exploring them a little like, bit, yeah. you'll see them. Like, why do you keep doing that? Why do you keep saying yes to everyone in your life and no to yourself? Why would you do that? And if you keep go- going there, it'll eventually uncover them? Is that how yeah, you do Yeah, and in the book, there's actually a big list of ones that might you might start yeah, yeah. exploring oh, and see if you've got them. And these are really fundamental attitudes yeah. about how you see yourself and your world. And so these are powerful changes. Yeah. And at the end of every chapter in the book, you get to write a new personal policy. So awesome. there's a self-esteem policy that I really recommend everybody writes down. And when you write it, this is a commitment. You're going from to now live. On, this is your new law. This is my law. official rule about my value. Oh, cool. Do, do, do you hand it to us or do we figure it out for Well, ourselves? I give you an example yeah, and then we make of one of my policies what is on it? that. So my policy on my value is it, it ties into my policy on life. Most of us kind of have this subconscious feeling that life is a test yeah. and our value is on the line. And so that fear of never being good enough is just right there because every day there's chances to fail. Right. So I have a policy, first of all, that life is not a test. Life is a classroom. Life is about learning and growing, and there is no test, which means you can't fail. You have no grades. That's great. This is just learning time. And if I see life that way, what that means is that my value is not on the line at all. Never. 
My value comes from the fact that I'm a one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable soul. There will never be another me. And that alone makes your value infinite and absolute. So I describe it as like being like a diamond, an irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind diamond that has the same value no matter the setting. And that means on a ring or on a crown, has the same value. Throw it in the mud, still has the same value. If it's on a tooth, same same value. Everybody who knows it thinks it's stupid. Yeah. Guess what? Same value. Same value. I love that. So that's my policy is that my value is not on the line and doesn't change no matter what. And and when I first tell my clients that, they're like, that's that sounds great, but that's too simple for how big my self-esteem issues really are. <laughs> See, then they argue, they argue the fear. They, they argue, and it's like, okay, okay, then you're right. Yeah, your value is completely dependent on who you are, where you are, and who you're with. Yeah, and your weight and your, yeah. how much money you make. And you can, you we can, can go continue there with you, right. to go there if you'd it like to. It just doesn't to. bring you peace. Whatever policy you want to live with, I love go that. for but the power in it comes that I've made that my policy. Now, every day when I make a mistake, a matter of fact, I gave a speech a week or so ago, and um, I just didn't have time to prepare really well. Yeah. And they, I did great until the end. I yeah. didn't have a very good ending. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm out of here. And I sat down, and I thought, okay, normally I would be experiencing fear of not being good <laughs> enough. But you know what? My value's not on the line. My family still loves me. I'm actually yeah. the same me, even yeah. though I didn't just nail that <laughs> that speech. So every time something that's happens, funny. that's what you do. You remind yourself your policy. And so you, that my this, you're going to end up going through and making how many new policies? Um, about 25, I think, in the book. That's huge. But see, you're thinking through these paradigms that govern your reactivity higher life the way you see everything Mm -hmm. and every one of these policies is taking a fear and choosing to be in a place of trust or love yeah so we've talked about how love is the opposite of fear yeah and trust comes when i trust that my value is not on the line i not only make that policy but now i get to choose to trust it yeah. That it, it is what keeps me safe and takes away my fear. Just like you could be afraid sleeping in your bed every night that robbers were going to come in and murder you yeah. in your sleep. But you don't because you trust maybe the neighborhood you live in is a safe one. You yeah. trust the locks and the alarm on your doors. And so, so that's actually something that's an exertion of your belief. It's like faith. You're exerting your it's trust. It's a choice. Yeah. And that gives you something to help you overcome the fear instead of sitting there stewing. You go exercise trust. So people need to understand that fear is a choice, but it has become your autopilot choice. So if you consciously choose trust and love, you can get out. Fear cannot exist when you have chosen to be in trust and love. But if you don't choose it, your subconscious mind is going to choose for you and it will choose fear. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're just then you're being acted upon. Your whole life is about and you're being acted upon something that's not even necessarily Real. It's perceived. It's it's a conception. Yeah. Because you're you're now afraid of something that you may not even need to be. Doesn't can't necessarily hurt you unless you believe it can. Right. Interesting. Kimberly Giles, uh, she's joining us right now. Choosing Clarity is the name of her book, The Path to Fearlessness. We're gonna take a break. We're coming back. More tools, more ideas for how to deal with fear, and especially in the next segment, how to deal with difficult people. Because some, you know. Some people that are, you know, they have their own fear and 
It makes life very difficult. We're getting into it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. afternoon everybody welcome to the matt townsend show have we got a topic for you today we're talking about fear and how to move to the path of fearlessness fear keeps us away from accomplishing so much from connecting with so many and uh, we've got a true blue expert here uh, joining us today kimberly giles who's on the show regularly uh, is our guest and she has put together a brand new book without any fear she just wrote it. No big deal. I'm just going to throw out a book. Um, has overcome her fear. But uh, the name of the book, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. If you go to her website, uh, claritypointcoaching.com, you can get a ton of information. She's written over 240 articles that have been published in newspapers and magazines. She's um, one of the top advice gurus in the country, according to Good Morning America, and is a popular life coach, speaker, author, is a good friend of the show, and... Um, honestly, is the real deal. I've seen her clients that are thriving and succeeding. So go check out her website, claritypointcoaching.com. Kimberly, thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Keep coming. And Matt, we should just tell everybody, on my website, one of the free things that I offer is that fear assessment. That's right. Oh, that was huge. We, I went to that and I took my kids to that. You did? Yeah. Awesome. They, we were all very afraid. But it's a, it's a <laughs> well, great assessment. it'll it's a, show it's a you tool. your subconscious uh-huh. policies of fear that are causing problems in your life. And, and for you to just be consciously That's aware all you need to be, huh? that I've got fear that other people are better than me. Look at that. Yeah. And so you, one of the things I love that you say all the time is when... When you're approaching somebody that's being, you never, these are my words, not yours, being a jerk, let's say. A difficult person. A difficult person is your word. You like to use nice words like that. <laughs> you, uh, when, when you approach someone like that, you initially just think, what a jerk. And then you kind of get in your whatever. But you're saying that's a person that's probably in fear. Is that the deal? I do. I really believe that most bad behavior is all about their fears about themselves. They hmm. are experiencing a fear of failure and loss, and it's that yeah. that's creating this selfish, defensive, jerky behavior. Right. It is all because they're afraid of one of those two things or both. That is, that's how you're going to get to compassion for your little furry spider. Yeah. Because the spider is just as afraid you as you are. Of, yeah. Right. It's only going to bite you out of fear. Yeah. And so is your spouse or yeah. whoever. But we shouldn't bite. Let's just be real. <laughs> Let's just get that out right now. So if they're annoying, they might just be socially, uh, you know, so- socially troubled. But how annoying? They might be showing right. off. They, if, if they're a show off, I guarantee they have a fear of yeah. failure and not being good enough. So they're trying to show the world how good they are. Well, if you're socially, uh, if you're socially challenged, people have been creating probably fear in you forever because you're socially challenged. You're treated yeah. differently. You're ignored. You're shunned. You're abandoned. You're abused. And then you all of a sudden become annoying. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's just it's a jerk. building on it. But we do it. So we actually do this to each other. We make others feel fear 
Absolutely. Because we come at them with judgment. Mm-hmm. We also keep secrets. This is a big thing because we don't even we don't let our fears out there. Part of what it sounds like you're doing is having us openly examine our fear, which is so um, I don't know scary. But you're it's the only to, way we're going to get to the real problem. Exposing so, it, yeah. right? Yeah. So when two people are fighting, I don't, when you fight with your your spouse about something, the question you need to be asking is what what is she afraid of? Yeah. In this moment. That's such a good question. Because that's the only reason that she's not showing up for you right now is in, that she's in this protective defensiveness. Yeah. And, and look for people who are controlling. Mm-hmm. Controlling behavior is total fear of loss. And they feel like they've got to make the world the way they need it to be so they feel safe. Yeah. So they control you. Um, if, you're, if people Abandonment. are... People that abandon, yeah, because they don't want, yeah, maybe I can't live up to this. This is too much. I can't handle all this pressure, a family of five and having to make the money. I mean, I'm out of here. I can't, this, I can't handle this. Anger. Yeah. People with anger issues, absolutely afraid. They're Mm. either afraid of loss, that their life's not turning out the way they deserved it to. And they're mad at the whole world because it's a fear of loss. And it's usually powerful. the fear of failure with it. Now, the, the thing that's so valuable in stepping back and recognizing what this person is afraid of is because then, first of all, you're going to recognize this isn't about you. Yeah. And this person, difficult people often attack us, come right at you. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Hi-ya. to you every Monday when my column yeah. is published, I hear from... <laughs> A lot of difficult people. I've been thinking, do I want to do a column? And then I, you keep telling me that. And I'm like, I don't ever want to do a column. Well, I've just stopped reading the comments yeah. section. They leave. because You need a radio show because that you don't even have to answer the phone when they call. Yeah, seriously. But, but I can tell a lot of the people that take the time to go out of their way to criticize yeah. and put other people down, you know, they've got they're fear hurting. about their own life. They've got pain. And so they're just sharing that pain with the world and shooting their poison out at me. So, but it's but, not about me. No, it's not. But you want do you ever like answer? Like, hmm, sounds like somebody's got a battle with their own demons. <laughs> you know when I first started four I years ago, that, I had a tendency to want to do yeah. that and quickly decided it's, it's not worth it's it. It's not worth it. But then what I love too is you get you quickly by recognizing they're in pain. Then I can just have compassion for you. Yep. And then it's about love. you. That's right. And it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm safe and fine. Yeah. My value is the same because I'm a diamond. So can, That's huge. Can it, and it can still be that you get seriously hurt. I mean, somebody can do something so egregious and harmful to you, and, it, they, and you can still not receive it from fear. Like, you could be abused and hurt and let them go, get out of there, leave the relationship, and— still recognize they're just hurting. Well, you brought up, though, life is rough. Totally. Bad things happen to, to all of us. Um, I've got a, a client I've worked with the last year or so who had two sons. One was killed in a car accident, and the other took his own life mm. right soon after. So talk about horrible yeah. loss and, and pain. And her loss had made her... Very selfish and defensive yeah. and kind of angry at the world because she was suffering so much. And and so what could she trust in that will take that fear of loss away? Yeah. We, we haven't really talked about a policy that will help you on this one. Okay, what is, what is a policy? So 
you've kind of got two options when it comes to the nature of life. You can either see it as a scary, unsafe place where all these bad, horrible, random mm-hmm. accidents and terrible things happen for no reason, and and the universe is kind of out to get you. Or you could choose to see that there's divine order in the universe. And for me, when I look at nature yeah, and, you see and the order. heavens and yeah. there's perfect order in everything I see. And I don't believe our lives are a bunch of random chaos. I think if God created a universe of perfect order, our lives have to be a part of that. And that means that your life is going to be the perfect classroom journey for you. Hmm. It's going to be tailor-made for your education. That doesn't mean it's going to be fun. Right. A lot of these classes are really hard ones. But if you have a viewpoint on life that the universe is actually conspiring to serve you. (laughs) Yeah, to help you become better. The best version of yourself you can be. Now, my client has embraced this principle and decided that for some reason this was her and her husband's perfect journey to lose those boys. And it was their perfect journey to have a short one. And in embracing trust in that principle, she's been able to let go of the pain around the loss and start loving people again and reach out to others who are suffering loss and get past her pain. And so this is another trust and love-based policy that you could make about your life. And I apply this even in silly things like I get a flat tire and instead of being all bent out of shape that it just <laughs> threw my whole day off, yeah. I say, I wonder why this is going to serve me yeah. today to have a flat tire. <laughs> You're going to meet someone. Why is this my perfect in a tow journey? Truck. <laughs> See, it's – and that's not Pollyanna-ish. The, the reality is whatever your policy is, you're coming from – I just I always imagine like you're coming from light or dark. Good, bad, right, wrong. We, we kind of dichotomize it. But there's only two options. That's right. And you keep it like kind of a binary two option thing. And honestly, pick it. Whichever one you pick, gonna, you're going to serve the master of that. So if you choose the positive one, you're going to have some light, some positivity, some hope, some peace, some love. If you but choose you're the negative, you're welcome to choose fear you, and suffering if you want to. That's right. Go, but it just saps you, doesn't it? We don't. And then we justify. I always go back to the because we think having a good reason why we chose the kind of the negative choice. We think we think that somehow makes it better. No, it doesn't make it any more fun. No, it's still awful to well, live and then, there. And then just to suffer without having a belief that this is there to teach you something, then your suffering is kind of it's eternal. Yeah, it's, it's forever. Because if so, I love you're you're getting to the root beliefs. And whatever the root beliefs are, are going to govern your decisions, whether, you know, coherently or incoherently, whether intentionally or unintentionally. What you believe deep down will determine what you feel. And, you know, where I really started to explore this principle was reading A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Frankl. And it was at a time when I was in a lot of fear and suffering in my life. And to have somebody whose life was going great tell you, oh, you just need to trust that your life has. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Walk in my yeah, shoes and you right. can come tell me that. Yeah. But when Viktor Frankl, after being in the concentration camps, tells you that he realized in every moment you have two choices. You can be in fear and bitterness and loss and suffer, or you can choose trust and love. And trust means that there's meaning and purpose in my life, mm. that things don't happen 
as an accident that they're here to serve me. And if everything has meaning and purpose, at least I'm not suffering for nothing. Right. If it counts for something, that at least helps a little. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there'll be a payday. Like, and the payday comes, I, you're going to, we always think that, you know, someday we're going to get to heaven. But it seems like this paradigm is an idea that you actually can find some heaven today. Absolutely. So the heaven, we're all waiting for it, but we're already kind of choosing hell or heaven. And I don't necessarily believe it's this place we're eventually going to show up to and then it's going to, you know, free drinks and everyone's going to have all this free food. <laughs> Who wants it? But it's, it's right now. So when somebody's in the, like your, your client that lost two children, she can go through hell right now or she can go through heaven right now. And it's your choice. Yeah. Yeah, you and you choose. get paid. But you, what's amazing about it is you're, pay, you're paid off immediately. So Yeah, the reward yeah, is now. We keep waiting for the reward to be down the road, but the, you're paid off with peace, even in the loss mm-hmm. of your child. There's, that's horrible. You can't be replaced. And there's still insight and learning and peace, and it's powerful. Man, you're changing lives. Well, I'm hoping we're helping some people because I you know are. that they're going through the same kind of things that I've been through. Yeah. And these and principles help. It does. They, really they do. do. Um, tell so, me, tell, wrap it up for us. What's. Well, let me explain first. Yeah. We called the book Choosing Clarity because I define the state of clarity as in trust and love when you're out of fear. It's only in this state when you can see your value accurately. Okay. You can see who you really are. You can see other people and their value accurately. You see that they're the same as you. They're not the bad guy and you're the good guy. Yeah. We're all the same. We're students in the classroom of life. That's great. And, and the book will teach you how to see situations accurately and how to handle situations from a place of trust and love. So I teach you procedures of communication, how to handle a conversation with a difficult person from trust and love so that you're not in fear and you don't yeah. trigger fear in them. Yeah. And it's all in the book, how to do it. So big. We go through being disappointed in life, which yeah. we all get. Um all, just all kinds of dimensions of life. I mean, self-worth. I mean, it, it really, it, it's it's a book that answers so many things. What would, um, where do we go to get it? Just Amazon. Amazon. Amazon.com. Best place. And I, I, if I were buying it, I'd buy one for everyone in my family. I would recommend that. And then well, how cool would it be <laughs> that if at family nights and on family time, you're sitting there working on your policies together? Yeah. sharing them and talking about them and saying, this is a really good policy you might want to look at that we're all here to learn and we can all learn what we need to learn. And there's some policies in the book that I recommend you do with your spouse. Um, great. Set some relationship rule yeah. policies I love together. That. I'm big into that. Oh, man, yep. Kim. It's, all, you know, it's almost like you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, thanks, It's Matt. like you've done this before. <laughs> She's the best. Kimberly Giles, again, thanks so much. Go check out the book, Amazon.com, Choosing Clarity, the path to fearlessness, um, really, it's it, what's cool about it is it's a lot of years of life, just kind of you know, a lot of learning, a lot of learning, just eked out and pushed into this little cute book. That's how many pages? Two hundred ish pages. Wow, two sixty. But easy and oh, simple totally to read. Easy, very simple to read. Easy. Kimberly, thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for changing today. the world. That's really cool. Good stuff. Wow. Good people. Go get the book. Go get the book. Choosing clarity. To have more clarity in our life, have more trust and love, less fear, it's worth everything. 
We're going to take a break. We're coming right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about fear, fearlessness. And uh, who better to talk about a little bit of the fear of rejection than our own Mike Pond. Now, Mike uh, wrote for me, the fear of rejection has stopped many would-be romances before they even start. Have you ever let fear get the best of you? Stay tuned. Mike Pond, our resident bachelor and dating guru, will give us an update on his misadventures in the dating world and share some valuable advice on how to overcome the fear of rejection. It's time for the I Likey the Mikey update. Uh, I love that. That's not going to get old for a while. I like you, the Mikey. Yeah, it's pretty good. So you are now, apparently, uh, our new uh, romance and um, dating guru. Yes, I'm a junior life coach. You're a, let's just say, let's just say a JV, a junior varsity life coach. Yeah, or freshman. I do life coaching. Kimberly Giles does life coaching. We've both written books. Um, You know. I've written like a few three-page papers. Yeah, blog okay. posts. Were they five you know, paragraphs? A text message here and there. Okay. Advice to friends. So you haven't done much, but you've dated a ton. Yes, and that's why I'm here. Okay, so fill us in because you you date a lot. Now, a lot a lot of people think, whoa, I mean, I like you, the Mikey, this ruggedly good-looking gentleman, uh, very um, Superman-ish. What's his name on Superman? Clark Kent-ish. Oh, there we go. Uh, ripped, ripply abs, yet you've been rejected. You know what? Rejection, it's, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but fear, fear can be a good thing. Rejection is, is good and bad. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I think that's the number one obstacle. In, it's, it's not a gender-exclusive issue no, for everyone's men, got men and women. I think you're right. Um, but especially in relationships, it's, it's probably the, the number one fear. What do you do with it? How do you, I mean, so Kimberly taught us you, you get to love and trust. Trust right. and love. Trust and love of yourself. What What do you do? Yeah, that's what I, you know. She nailed it right on the head. I mean, rejection is not the enemy. Fear of rejection mm. is the enemy. Yeah. We kind of have to yeah. embrace the They're rejection. Right? A You're going to get yeah. rejected. Yeah, and that's that's healthy. We have to yeah. learn how to deal with that in a healthy way. Like when we played basketball, I rejected you left and right. And you know what? I didn't bust out the curling iron. No, was, you didn't. You didn't burn your forehead. No, I just left. I just, we, we didn't say anything. You took it like and, a man. We didn't talk for a week, and you're back. And then I ate your lunch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, it's rejection. Um, but then if we're afraid to be rejected, then you'll never get out there and shoot the ball. You'll never get out and date the ladies. Yeah. And so, it, Are you feeling re- fear of rejection with the 220 ladies? You know, so that's a little bit different because they already said yes. But some of them are not calling me back. So they, do you feel like sad? Like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. And, you know, that's a really common thing that people will, will feel when they're rejected is they'll take it really personally. Maybe, maybe their mom signed them up and then you call and they're like, who is this guy? Maybe, the, maybe it's now coming to roost. And, you know, oh, that, that has happened. 
and I'll, I'll explain myself, yeah. and, and then before I can get all the words out, they hang up. But but your answer is okay. So we feel the fear of rejection. Uh, we just need to be confident anyway. Yeah, and people always say that you know, just be confident. Just to, <laughs> what does that mean? What is that? I don't know. You know what? Being confident is is what I call uh, there. There's a difference between being confident because when I hear be confident, I think oh, I got to be someone different. I got to yeah. talk more. Yeah. I got to be yeah. you know more I funny walk, than I, I am. When usual. I'm confident, I walk more. Stiff. That's not what people mean. That's not what that means when we say that. We mean real confidence, true confidence. Um, that self-love, that self-appreciation, you're, you're okay with yourself. You're a good person. You know you're good. You're confident in yourself. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Mark Waite, yeah. we, we've had him on. He's on staff here. He says, uh, you know, talking about rejection, love me or leave me, baby. You know, just... <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's funny to hear yeah. him say that, but it's true. You know, we uh, have to, to love ourselves, and that, that can be easy. That's the antidote to the See, fear of rejection. If you love yourself, so back to... Kim's love if you love yourself and you trust yourself and you trust what you're going through is going to be all right and you'll make it through then um then you don't have to worry about the rejection yeah and you know a lot of people i think uh they they become parasitic in relationships because they're they're trying to make up for maybe yeah. lack of confidence or uh you know they're not okay with yeah. themselves weaknesses and so they they seek someone else out to to make up for that yeah. but that is not a healthy relationship See, what not we a way do, that's yeah. it you nailed we keep secrets so but the biggest secret is that I'm afraid exactly so confidence actually has the word confide in it so maybe i need to confide a little bit about a weakness or a fear that i have now, that's vulnerable. That makes me vulnerable. But that's what makes people close is when we can be vulnerable. And instead, I confide with you, and then your fears get involved, and then you beat me up, and then you eat my lunch. And it, it's hard sometimes, too. How, like, you may not know that uh, you maybe feel this way or that you're unconfident. How, yeah. What are some ways we can recognize that? You'll feel it, A. So if yeah. you keep seeing the signs, right, the signs are going to be beating you up. <laughs> Rejection. Rejection over and over, over and over again. If Yeah, if you're on your 14th marriage, there's something wrong. It's, yeah. You just don't pick bad people. <laughs> there's other things going on. So if you see the continuous you know, pattern of people coming in and out of your lives, if you're just not happy, and if you know you're afraid. I mean, people know they're afraid. I had a guy in today that knows he has ADHD and is known for 20 years. And isn't quite ready to go get it worked on. Okay. Well, you're about to lose your marriage. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know what I'm going to bet? There's a fear behind it, right? Because, but he doesn't realize he's already being rejected. He's rejecting every, this is all going to fall apart if he doesn't do something right away. He's rejecting himself. Yeah. You know, it's all about being happy with yourself. I like you the Mikey. The love update from the love Guru, dating bachelor resident, resident bachelor. <laughs> we got to get your title down still. I like it. You're getting closer. Resident bachelor and dating guru. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like that was a rejection. <laughs> I was just telling you. Maybe just Matt, I am okay with myself. I'm happy with myself. Yeah. Yeah, quit flexing, by the way. Every time you say that, you're like flexing. Your pecs are like flexed. Flex pecs. Hey, uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break. Thanks. We're coming back. When we come back, uh, we're going to get more into this fear, creativity. Merritt's going to be joining us. More research about uh, fear. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about fear. And right now, our own Merritt Meekham is stepping in as a contributor. So you've been elevated from executive producer to a contributor on the show. But you've been researching, as only you can, um, the fear and creativity kind of connection. Yeah, and uh, this all started a couple days ago. I had to – I'm a film student. For yes. listeners who just do not know For those that. just joining us. Yeah, just joining us because we talked about it. But um, I was in my screenwriting class, and I had to pitch a story to the rest of the class. Okay. And I was quite confident about the story, and I felt good about it. And I had um, you know, worked with my professor and my writer's group, and they all had really positive feedback. So really going into that, I was prepared. You too. were We should say that. Um, no, actually, I was the exact opposite. I was absolutely petrified. But you knew it was good. You know, and I knew it was good. And I knew that my professor liked it. I knew that my classmates liked it. And so I didn't know why, you know, I was just, I mean, and I made myself practically feel sick over Did it. Did you really? You know, you're just sitting there. I'm waiting in class. Yeah. It's be my turn. And my stomach is just, you know, turning. Yeah. And I feel tight all over. I totally have the freeze response and yeah. flight fighter freeze. But uh, so I was kind of wondering, why Why is it that we... Uh, you know, we we are so afraid about creativity. And I'm not the only one who wonders about this. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, she's an author. She uh, wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. She was uh, talking. She has a TED Talk. And in her TED Talk, she said that when she was a teenager when and she first realized that she wanted to be a writer, she had people say things to like her, um, to her, like, um, aren't you afraid you never – you're never going to have a success. Aren't you afraid that humiliation, humiliation or rejection is going to kill you? Aren't you afraid that you're never going to work your whole life at the craft you want to and that nothing's ever going to come to it and you're Quiet. just going to die oh, and, you know, have your broken dreams lying all around you? Is that like mom right there? <laughs> Who <laughs> really was that? No, just, just people, people that she would tell. And, yeah. you know, I can honestly say that I've kind of had the same response. You know, when you tell people, it's like, I really would like to work in the film industry. People are like, oh, oh yeah, yeah good luck with have that. fun being a waitress. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much fear caught up into it. And um, this, is, this isn't even a thing with aspiring people. It's also with people who have already been successful. Um, poet Maya Angelou said, I've written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. <laughs> I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. Interesting. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Little Maya Angelou there, huh? is, you know, and one of the Maya greatest Angel- exactly. poets of all time. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep said this too. She said, "You can have a perfectly horrible day when you doubt your talent, or that you're boring, or that you're going to find out that you don't know what you're doing." And I think we can all agree that Meryl yeah. Streep knows what she's, she's doing. She's you know, right. most Academy yeah. or nominations ever. Let's you know. But they still have that <laughs> two that she's won. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's still that insecurity, and so. Um, Consequently, we end up connecting art and creativity and suffering in our heads. It's you can't be yeah. a creative person without having yeah. suffered. The starving and there's, artist, yeah, you know, there's the starving artist. There's you know, it's always some sort of manic, depressive, uh, self-medicating, mm-hmm. horrible end. They live these lonely lives, have awful personal lives, and that's <laughs> what you always kind of think of, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, that's what you want to go into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, great. Um, but, but By the way, school teachers, same thing. Yeah, it's I mean, true. really any profession eventually any profession is like, Any profession demands uh, some sort of yeah. creativity. I mean, and you just even think about it like, uh, uh, I'm trying to 
like mad men, you know, advertising people. They always just, you know, they come to this point, yeah. you have a deadline and you don't know. And it's creative. It's otherworldly. It's not something that you really know what the source of it right. is from you. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you say it's, you know, but maybe you need that tension. huh? Is that what it's about? You yeah. need the tension. Well, and that's the interesting thing is that as I was thinking about this, I realized that really the magic part of creativity, the part that we're all so drawn to mm-hmm. really has its birth in fear. And the fact, you know, and just think about it. Think about your favorite movie, you know, Hmm. um, the movie that you could probably go back to over and over again and keep watching. One of my favorite movies is The Artist. Yeah, see, that's high quality. I was thinking Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) That's so bad. The the Artist. Yeah. Yeah. The Artist. And it um, is basically this portrait of a, a silent movie star who kind of has this loss. His career just implodes when people, when the talkies come out, when people start to speak in movies and um you know i find it interesting why do i like that so much you know you're watching this movie about somebody their kind of demise it has a happy ending if that's you know yeah. going to deter you but um but yeah why would i want to watch that so much why would i like movies like i mean let's get down to it the classics lord of the rings is like yeah. terrifying yeah. absolutely tension the entire <laughs> yeah. time yeah it's awful and i i love mission impossible so that's another one like why do i sit myself down yep. to watch somebody go on the, the tallest building in the world and potentially die. Like it's not, but there's something, yeah, there's something it's magic vicarious, about that. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And, um, I think really what it comes down to is that when you're creative, you confront fear and it's what we've been talking That's about huge. the whole That's true. time is that confronting fear is, it's one of the most invigorating experiences mm-hmm. you can have. And, uh, so Creativity, whether it's um, just sharing yourself, like I was experiencing in class, I had to share this part of myself, something that I came up with out of my head. Yeah. It's very personal. And to share that with other people with the possibility of rejection, um, like we also just you're talked about. You're out on the you are, you know, You're just putting your whole self out there. Right. And when you're doing something creative, it's not even just your physical abilities. Yeah. It's like you yeah. as a person, your likes and dislikes, your personality, um, what you think is good, your spirituality. It's all kind yeah. of just put out there on the line. It's almost any talent too, right? It's like – Definitely. Because any talent, the talent is reflective of you. Yeah. So like if you're the football star that goes for the interception mm-hmm. and you miss and they get the touchdown – so if you just if you had just gone to uh, deflect it instead of intercept it, you may have. But you made that split right, choice. You, that you have to live by the choice. And that, you know that I I really view that as creativity in sports. I do too. You, totally. It's just you're putting yourself out yeah. online. So there's that. There's the element of sharing yourself. Um, there's the idea um, that you're going to connection is on the line when you are creative. So right. you're either going to connect with people, which is what is desirable and what you yeah. want to do, or or and because we can't think, oh, maybe I'll just not connect with some people. Mm-hmm. We think we'll either connect with people or we'll completely be rejected by people. Yeah. That's usually the dichotomous thinking that we have. And then lastly, it's just really good stories and really good art comes from fear. And the triumph over fear, yeah. delving into fear and figuring out what fear is, it all, you know, is part of that. And um, you That's can't... so powerful. Yeah. The, you need... We always say, you know, you need the dark to know the light. But exactly. You actually know the light better because you know the dark. And mm-hmm. when you can explain your dark really well because you know your dark side, you can get to everyone else's dark side. Yeah. So everyone else you, – so you can't really have empathy, mm-hmm. which, and, which is the feeling and emotion, without 
being willing to go dive into your own fear. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the thing is that the create, creation or creativity at all is it's both fear and creating something. Mm. It's they're inextricably listed. And, uh, Elizabeth Gilter said, Gilbert said again, I believe that creativity and fear are basically conjoined twins. They share all the same major organs and cannot be separated one from the other without killing them both. And you mm. don't want to murder creativity just to destroy fear. You must accept that creativity cannot walk even one step forward except by marching side by side with its attached sibling, fear. So there's just no way that you can get around it in um, – you know, fear is a natural response that we all have yeah. and whenever we feel in danger. And so it's not really something you can get rid of. It's right. just something you know how to handle. Yeah. And, uh, or you don't because like a lot of talented, highly creative people. You hear, it's How true. many stories do you hear of Hollywood stars mm-hmm. addicted to drugs, die of overdose? How many great, amazing, incredible human beings have yeah. we lost to overdose even recently? Mm-hmm. Which, But they're creative geniuses. And then we're all left – but it was probably them trying to balance the exactly, demons and especially of fear. I mean, actors are the people who are usually the forefront in the yeah. spotlight. And uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman recently yeah. passing away, it really calls you to wonder. He performs some absolutely brilliant but very disturbing roles and yeah. things that you know absolutely you change you yeah. when you watch it. But to put yourself in that situation uh-huh. as an actor is you're putting yourself out on the line. You're being so vulnerable. Yeah. You're calling up everything that is uncomfortable about life. And so if you don't know how to deal with it, that's I mean, huge. that's the creativity comes out of fear, but you need to know how to well, handle the fear. Kim just brought up that. Um, so kind of love is the, you know, the antidote to fear. Mm-hmm. But it's but creativity um, is a lot like creativity is light. So it's good. It's this. It's creativity this, is yeah, a form of love. This is the paradox. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, author Stephen Pressfield suggested that uh, fear in that in the sense of creativity is a good thing. You just have to recognize it for what it is. And that is an indicator. What you're afraid of is usually what you need to confront. It's Mm -hmm. what you should deal with, what you should share about yourself. Um, And so the more you, the more emotion you have toward a certain subject, the more certain you can be that it's important to you. Yeah. And so um, I find that, you know, very interesting as, you know, as a, as a filmmaker, as a, a writer, what, you know, I don't really want to dive into what I find scariest about right. the world. But at the same time, that's obviously what I care about the most. Yeah. And that's what, you know, when you care, that's when you're going to be able to connect with other people yeah. and rise above it. So basically, you can't get rid of fear. Um, fear is an indicator of what you most crave. And so in some ways, you just need to be grateful for the fear. You need to know yeah. how to handle it and know how to Work it in your life in such a way that you can utilize yeah. it. It's, that's what I always think is um, we use the fear. The fear is a sign to pay attention mm-hmm. to what's happening. Yes. it's Sometimes it's to make sure you don't get like T-boned and crushed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's to make sure you take advantage of this opportunity. But either way, pay attention. Yeah. Be in the now. Right now you need this. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to this. I didn't think that was true when I was getting my shots as a young child. <laughs> no. It was just scary. Yeah. But then again, I was a young child. But then when we're older, we have the cognitive abilities to think through this. And um, it's interesting. You wouldn't think fear would be so important. You know what I mean? Yeah. We almost look at it no. like, yeah, get over it. 
grow well, up. Well, I think of it, it's it's kind of the universal human emotion. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels it at some point in their life. And it's caught up in so many other things that I think that's why it's so yeah. important. And why, yeah. again, why it's so linked to creativity is because you have no capacity for communicating with other people if you haven't felt that yeah. universal emotion. And so um, really, I mean, we can get onto so many other emotions, anger yep. it's from fear, sadness right. from fear, yeah. shame, embarrassment, um, embarrassment, all those things. And even even joy, mm-hmm. it's overcoming fear. It's yep. overcoming, you know. So when everything kind of draws back to that, you have to know what it is and know how to confront it and know its importance. But you also have to have the kind of um, cog- cognitive abilities to be able to think about it and work through it. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the tool set, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't ever get a tool set to deal with fear. We're just kind of told to stop it. Yeah. Just don't quit doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, and really a lot of it just comes out to the fact it's uh, be the questions you're able to ask yourself. Yeah. When you start feeling fear, really confront yourself and ask yourself, what is this about? Yeah. Um, and so. And how can I use this energy yeah. to be creative? Or how mm-hmm. can I use this energy or is it, to my you know, advantage? Is it being productive to my mm-hmm. creativity? Um, so, for example, to go back to this this pitch that I was writing, um, the story itself maybe has some things to do with some fear, fears that I have. So in that sense, that's really great. I'm yeah. confronting those. But um, as far as it goes, just pitching it and sharing my work, that really is things that aren't being productive to my creativity. Yeah. I'm, you know, wrapped up in that is the idea that I'll be rejected by people that yeah. don't like me for some reason. And that's, you know, it, it's right. neither here nor there. Well, look at it, and then it you, doesn't you really tell these stories and you worry about it and you waste all this energy. That mm-hmm. was cool what Kimberly said earlier that – it's not about you. I mean, the the mere fact you're sharing your story yeah. is going to change other people's lives. So go about this to help other people. Go mm-hmm. sir, you're going to do this to help other people. Yeah. And when it's not about you, it it's amazing what you don't feel. Yeah. I was watching um a uh, production notes uh for a film. And uh in this film was about a uh, a teenager who was a uh, living in New York and her mother was dying of cancer and they kind of wanted to get together and have this one last Thanksgiving dinner. But, uh, the filmmaker, the writer and director of it was, um, sharing in the production notes that he felt like the reason that he was making this film, the reason he felt so compelled to make this film was because just a few years earlier, his mother had passed away from cancer Hmm. and he had almost wished that in some sense, even though it wasn't, you know, the same situation, he wasn't this character. It wasn't, you know, so deep in his, ingrained deeply ingrained in his life that way it was just this was something i was afraid of and you know because of his experiences with that he was able to put it into this movie that really touched a lot of people's lives yeah see that's creativity yeah and interesting when you were just talking about that i thought um there's a lot of fear in parenting Oh, definitely. Which is, and to me, creativity. Parenting is one of the most creative pursuits you can get. And so yeah. all of a sudden you're terrified because what if, oh, what if, but what if, and what if they don't? And um, Yeah, but there's a, there's an important balance, isn't there? Yeah. So, you know, if you're feeling those things, you can just say, obviously, this means that this is important to me yeah. and that I'm concerned about my children. But yeah. I also know that I can be brave and that if I manage to get through this, even if it's not in a perfect way, That'll be the most rewarding yeah. thing. And love along the way. Yeah. Get to love along mm-hmm. the way. Merit. Wow. You know what? You're my favorite contributor. <laughs> Thank you. You just did it right there. Oh, good. You you just reached favorite status. 
I just awesome. favorited you. Favorited, like yeah. I just, you just put a star on you. Awesome, James. Put a star on her. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> actually, that was a dollar. So. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Anyway, that might cost you your job, James. But don't be afraid. He just missed the button. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna take a break. Good job, Merritt. Well done. We're gonna wrap it up. We're coming back. Jessica's gonna give us a fear assessment. See if we can make it through this. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. friends there's the hoedown music which means it's time to wrap it up today's show about fear and the path to fearlessness who better to wrap up the show than our own wonderful uh burn littlefield that's my last name you forgot again i I I was gonna say burn (laughs) not victim because you weren't a victim burn oh okay forehead yeah i'll take that Hey, um, <laughs> you, you've put together a little assessment to right. help me, all of us, really determine yeah. where we're afraid, where we're really, where the fear really lies. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Do you, how do we do this? Um, I'm going to ask you a question okay. and you're going to answer it. And you at home can do it too. Is this personal? I mean, are we going to get personal here? A little bit. Okay. It's a little bit. Well, I'm a, I mean, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little nervous just because. It's okay. Just be honest. This could be very private. It's like private open counseling. Open up to us. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'll, I mean, I'll open up. You're such a therapist. Yeah. I'm so afraid. <laughs> You're like I do assessments on people. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's do. It. Let's just do it. What's okay. The worst here we thing go. Can happen. It's the weekend. What are you least likely to do? Spend some quality time alone at your house, camp in the woods, play a Ouija board with your friends, or go for midnight walks around your block. I'm going to go with the Ouija board. <laughs> okay. That's the least I'm likely to do is the Ouija board. Okay. Never. That's what I said. Okay, too. good. Okay. What's the scariest nightmare you've ever had? Being covered in cockroaches, you're at school but no one talks to you, you're being chased by zombies, or you're blind and you can't see anything. What's most similar? Like, that? Um, What were they again? Because I don't have any of those. Well, do the okay, one that's okay, closest. Keep going. Okay. Coverage. I mean, cockroaches <laughs> covered in cockroaches. Yeah, covered in cockroaches. I just that's morphed bad. those okay. words together. Yeah, okay, that, that doesn't bother me. You're at school and no one's talking to you. Nope. Being chased by zombies. Mm-mm. Or you're blind and you can't see. We'll choose one. Okay, I'm going to say being chased by zombies, but I'm naked. Okay. Running around. See, that's, that's a bad. That's a weird yeah. dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's also, very personal. A dumb one is you're blind and you can't see anything because you're sleeping. So yeah. That's just – nobody caught that. I thought I'd point that out. Okay. Oaloy.com. <laughs> that's what? Where, that's where we are. Don't worry okay. about it. Okay. Just finish the assessment. Yeah. Okay. You're in the mood for a scary <laughs> – I'm hearing crickets. You're, this is good. You're in the mood for a scary movie. Yeah. What do you watch? Cloverfield, Disturbia, The Ring, The Ruins. The Bachelor. <laughs> That's not an option. What what do they get? I don't. I've never seen any of those. Okay, Cloverfield is about what, James? That's like a uh, there's a huge monster that's attacking New York City, mm. but you don't see what it is. Yeah, and scary. Ooh, scary. Yeah, yeah that's an intense good. film. Disturbia, Disturbia is about a butterfly on someone's mouth. I actually haven't seen that. Isn't that the cover of it? Anyway, Shia LaBeouf. Like, yeah, 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 I know Shia LaBeouf. Okay, okay, The Ring. You know that one. Mm-mm. You don't? Oh, no. my gosh. That one's so scary. That's the one I chose. Um, okay. It's about this movie that if you watch it, you die in seven days. You die. In yeah, why days. would you watch that? 
if you're going to die. That's just because crazy. Because people don't realize it and then okay. they watch it and they die and it's a scary death. Or the thing that's going to stop you from dying is you have to show somebody else the film. Right. Oh, that's oh. what. That so was that's the, why that you pass it twist. on. Right. Okay. I it's remember like a, that. It's like a direct sell kind of opportunity. Exactly. If you get three people to die with this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. like the your kind of The ring is motto. a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I That's love, funny. okay, I want that one because I love good pyramids. Okay, and then the ruins, but I don't know. Let's go with number three on that one. Okay. Halloween finally rolls around and you want to be prepared. What do you do with you? What do you have with you all day? A flashlight? Mm-mm. Your besties? No. <laughs> A can of raid, which I don't know what that is. Your vampire survival guide. Wow. Get creative. Where did you get this? Alloy.com. Um, I'm going to go with a flashlight. Okay. Prepared. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Good job. Just something I do. You won't be too afraid Mm-mm. of things. Okay. Your friend is hosting a costume party. What do you dress up as? <laughs> One of the Spice Girls, no. Tinkerbell, a no. ghost, and Al. <laughs> if those are my choices. <laughs> those are your choices. I would go as... Scary on the Spice Girls? I'd go as a as a ghost. A ghost. Because then you could just, it doesn't matter what you're wearing under your sheet. You just poke your eyes out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you could have basketball shorts on. Okay. Yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? To glow in the dark, you'd be a personal flashlight. Hmm. To read minds so you'd know what everyone was thinking. I already do that. To regenerate, you'd love to be able to heal from anything. Nah. Heal. To be electrifying so you could zap anything you want. Read minds. Oh, because you're a therapist. That mm-hmm. would make your job you know a much lot money? easier. I wouldn't even have to work. I would just sit there and just send them an email. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, a few more. What's your pl- favorite place to hide out? Your well-lit bedroom, a super posh hotel at your best friend's house, your basement. Super posh hotel in Hawaii. Nailed it. What's the scariest thing you've ever that's ever happened to you? You woke up with a spider on your face, you're no. babysitting, and you swear someone else was in the house, no. a ghost in your friend's room, no. or your sister hid in your closet at night and jumped out to scare you. No. Those are your options. Matt, we don't have time for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go with my sister hid out in a closet <laughs> for 20 points, please. That happens to me, too. Okay. This is... This is helping me. This is the last one. Okay. You hear a scream in the middle of the night. What's the first thing you do? Call someone. You have to tell someone about it. Turn on the lights and look around. Stay still in your bed. You never know what's creeping. Or grab something to protect yourself. I shake my bed so my wife wakes up. (laughs) And then uh, she hears it. She's gone. hmm. Well, then I would get up. And I'd take my phone. Always take your phone. Turn on the lights and look around? No. I would just get up. (laughs) I'm not going to turn on my lights. That's deadly. I've got my phone. <laughs> okay. Turn on the lights in the ground. Okay. Well, we can say that the phone is the thing that he grabs to protect himself. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, okay. but okay. All right. Imagine you're stuck in a horror movie. What is your weapon of choice? Silver silver and pepper. Oh, that must be like vampire something. Fire, cell phone, a water hose. But you said a cell phone, right? Sure. Did when you got burnt... On the forehead. Wow, really? Did okay. You, did you lose a lot You're of scared food? of the supernatural. <laughs> huh. Maybe it's because you've seen too many zombie flicks, but just the thought of an yeah. encounter with the supernatural thing in the night makes you shiver. You thought you knew what you were afraid of, but <laughs> yeah. now you know it's supernatural stuff. Yeah. Now You're I welcome. know. Doctored. I don't, I don't know anything anymore. You've been doctored by me. Wow. You know what? Um, that was so fun, huh? That was great. Thanks. <laughs> 
I hope all of you found out what you're afraid no, of. No, I'm as well. pretty sure they didn't. The viewers. I'm pre- not their listeners, and I'm pretty sure oh, they uh, <laughs> they're more confused than ever. <laughs> you know, we'll no do, way. That was super let's fun. Just, let's I just was erase. Fun. Hey, James, just erase. Oh the, my the gosh, last block. that was the best block. We had so much fun. Yeah. The crickets. You know what? And- no, actually, I could probably take it and flip it so all the audio's backwards, and it probably make more sense that way. Probably. Oh my gosh, that's not bad. You guys, I solved the problem. Supernatural. It's done. Yeah. Puzzle okay. solved. Wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Merritt, will you make sure Jessica gets checked before we have her on again? <laughs> I think she's lost too much Blame? blood. Blame it on the curling iron. Hey, folks, that's it. See, no need to fear. No need to fear. A little more love and a lot more trust. Those are the keys. Folks, thanks for listening. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow. More tools, more solutions to help you find the good life. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM. 143 BYU Radio.